0: Olá a todos e sejam bem-vindos ao Tudo Sobre Futebol Americano, hoje para falar sobre Futebol Americano Sem Fronteiras. O episódio de hoje tem o convidado Anthony Skinner, um treinador com experiência internacional. O podcast vai ser conduzido em inglês e esperamos obviamente que todos gostem daquilo que será aqui o tópico da conversa. Hello coach!
1: How are you? I'm well, thank you. Always great to see you again. I miss you, my friend.
0: Me as well,
1: me as well. Uh, For everyone that is listening, this
0: is uh, our episode 115, and I have a very special guest, Coach Anthony Skinner. Uh, I've worked with Coach Anthony Skinner in the the past in uh, our project, the Lisbon Devils. He was uh, like my mentor since year two. And uh, I thought that for this episode that will close uh, the last 13 weeks, where we had 13 conversations with this one about American football in Portugal, I think I thought it would be good to have a coach here for him to share a little bit about his experience, about uh, what he did in Portugal, what he did in Europe, because he has other experiences in, around Europe. And, uh, yeah, I think this will be a good conversation for anyone that wants to keep learning more about American football in Portugal or uh, around the world. Uh, We have uh, our second international guest. So um, thank you very much, coach. And first and and foremost, I would uh, ask you to make, like, a quick intro about yourself, uh, about your past with American football, and maybe uh, going into it until our, when our paths
1: crossed, uh, each other yeah my pleasure and again thank you for having me and it's an honor for me to to be chosen to to end your season uh, podcast so yeah international coaching happens sort of by accident for me um you know i'm i'm a former player myself having played through sort of um high school and uh and in canada where where i'm from uh, in many cities there's also um, a city league as well as as a high school league so they you know some athletes have the opportunity to play in both and so I grew up uh, myself playing in in, um, in the city league and then uh, a little bit in high school and then yeah, uh, very early on in, in university before starting a family very early and, and starting my job as a police officer but um, when my son Alex uh, turned around 10 years old uh, I mean, he'd always been uh, around me uh, when I was playing football. I played touch at a at a high level in tournaments all over Canada, um, and so he always grew up with a football in his hand. But at around ten years old, he decided he wanted to to start to play football, and so uh, I was asked to. Um, well, he was kind of recruited in a hockey rink because he was a good athlete, and um, and I was recruited to to become a coach at that point, and. Um, i had always been a defensive player linebacker and and so uh, i agreed uh, these were 10 year olds how hard could it be to coach 10 year olds and that's kind of how i stumbled onto coaching uh, but I, I sort of just grew um, coaching him as a coach myself uh, 20 you know 20 20 i guess 29 30 years old um, I, I you know you you start to sort of develop your own language around coaching and to sort of develop your own little strategies on how to adapt your message to the group of athletes that you're coaching, whether they're 10 year olds or whether they're 30 or 40 year olds, um, you know, you, you develop your own style. And, and, um, you know, I actually think that it was an advantage uh, for me um, coming to Europe, having had, having had the opportunity to coach young, young boys, because, you um, it allows you to develop that language of how to make people understand what you're trying, you know, to say, and and for them to visualize what you mean by using your language. I don't know if you know what I mean by that, but I have, I have catchphrases that I've used since coaching 10 year olds that I still use now, you know, when I'm tackling, I say, be an airplane, you know, and these are, these are visual cues that people can put in their minds and, Um, But anyway, I I coached Alex until he uh, went to university himself as a highly recruited athlete. And uh, I decided I was going to just be a fan at that point. I I stopped coaching, um, you know, having coached in some of the uh, some elite uh, provincial all-star leagues uh, as Alex progressed through those years. But um, I wanted to just be a fan for a bit. And Alex, when Alex played at university, when he eventually took over the starting job as the quarterback at the university that he was at the um, the former starter who he replaced and um, uh, who was graduating um, uh, Alex and he were actually pretty good friends and he told me that he was playing in Spain and I said what do you mean you're playing in Spain like what are you talking about and he explained Euro players to me and so uh, I went on to Euro players I started to sort of look around and um, I kind of thought wow like this is really interesting and And that's when I sort of had the idea about becoming an international coach. But because I still had back then, I still had about 10 or 12 years to be a police officer before my retirement. Um, Now I only have two and a half years. But back then I decided, well, what if I offered my services kind of in a different way? What if I what if I offered to come, you know, to, to you know, if I offered my services for free uh, my experience for free, you know, if a team was able to help me with some of the expenses of travel, um, and I would be like a distance coach or a guest coach, or I could come and do a defensive camp to help, you know, teach specific techniques of tackling or systems or, or whatever to, to teams. And so I found, um, you know, I found uh, an opportunity very quickly with a, a big six team that was having in the moment they were having a little bit of a, of a hiccup on defense. They had a very, very famous hall of fame CFL coach who was uh, their head coach. And, um, uh, but this was an eclectic group. And that's the word I'll use. They were very eclectic. (laughs) They, Mm -hmm. uh, they weren't, they weren't cohesive. They weren't a, a culture. They weren't a team. They weren't brothers. They were very much playing as individuals and they needed help. And so, uh, a defensive help and so I went over there to, to help them sort of gel their defense a little bit and don't get me wrong uh, you know uh, these big six athletes are, are very much uh, European football players that know a lot of football already uh, I think what I brought was just more intensity and attitude and bringing them together and forcing them to play the system versus as individuals and uh, you know the team ended up not doing so well in the big six, but went to the Swiss final. Um, and I, I went back and forth a few times that year. And of course it was great to get the experience of, of that CFL hall of fame coach and, uh, and that opportunity. But like I said, I, I, I always sort of felt that my niche was going to be in helping young European teams in countries like Portugal, where, you know, football is not viewed as a primary sport, you know, in yeah. Germany and yeah. Austria and yeah. Switzerland, you know, uh, young boys are playing football at 8, 10, 12 years old also, like in Canada or in the U.S., but in, in some of the countries that I've had the pleasure of coaching in, um, you know, uh, it comes on later. And, you know, uh, it's an opportunity for me to, you know, to have sort of um, having had that opportunity to, to develop a, a very uh, systematic approach and simple language and a simple system to be able to you know to to have offered my services to some teams and and that's where i've had the most fun i've had most my the most fun in europe when i'm coming to a young team or an eager team or a team that is just so open to learning versus a team that like i said they they feel like they're uh like you know that they don't stink and you know i'm i'm already good enough i don't need to listen to you and so yeah yeah. that's kind of how my journey happened to become a coach and i i just sort of put myself out there and there weren't too many people on euro players offering sort of a service like mine and and so i i was able to secure you know coaching in six or seven or eight countries so far and it's been it's been a lot of fun
0: yeah no and um, during that process, after the, the first experience you mentioned in, in Switzerland, eventually we crossed paths in, in, in Portugal with the Devils. Do you remember our first conversation? Do you,
1: have, do you still have memories from that? You know, I do. And I have to tell you, uh, my friend, I, I have to tell you, I have that, I have that a very similar conversation each time. Because let's face it, I mean, you know, um, my situation, my services aren't perfect for every every team's needs, and sometimes teams interview me on Zoom or on Skype or whatever, and um, and you know, um, they realize sort of at some point throughout the conversation that you know it's not exactly the best fit. You know, they want someone more there and whatever. But in the the times that it has worked out. Um, you know me I'm very animated I'm very passionate I get very carried away in in explaining what I do and how I do it and I get almost excited and I I remember with you and Dwart uh, just there there being a really great energy I remember you know at times sort of getting carried away and I I could almost I felt maybe I'm wrong but I, I almost felt that you guys were kind of sharing that enthusiasm and that you were you were like, holy cow! Like this guy is, you know, yeah. this guy's got energy for days, can, and this guy.
0: I can tell you that uh, my, uh, after our conversation, the first one, I we hang up, and I called um, Duarte, and I was like, "Is this for real?" He's like, "Is is really offering this like like a consultancy kind of situation?" Uh, away, we will, br- and just to explain to to everyone, basically what we did was, coach will be like. Um, like a guest head coach for the team working alongside me, you would provide us input using a software that's called Huddle, where we would record the games uh, and the practices and upload it in the platform. And imagine a, a, our practices ended up around 11 pm in Portugal. But in Canada, that's like uh, uh, before dinner. So that would allow for a coach to during the night in Portugal, input details in the platform for then the next day, the players could see. So that chemistry that was created and eventually coach would come to Portugal like two, uh, three times at the most uh, during the year to for the finals or, or for specific camps, that chemistry that was created was like very important for the growth of the team, for the growth of me as a coach as well, and for the team ultimately for, for everyone. So, yeah, I remember that after that conversation, I, I was like, is this for real? And and yeah, and things really worked out really well. I mean, the, the, on the second year, I think was when the team specifically on the defense, like gave a, a, a big boost in terms of uh, knowing what they were doing, because we mm. had good players. The Devils always had good players, great athletes, but they didn't know mostly what they were doing. So... You helped a lot on defense you helped a lot with practice planning because before you coming to the devils i followed the script from my previous team uh, i was applying the best that i knew at, the, at that time but you provided that the a new way of thinking and, and applying things so that's a big difference you you've you you watched from your experience in canada to europe or for th- places like Portugal, like the practice planning wasn't
1: the way it was supposed. Yeah. And I think that is actually the number one thing that um, the number one thing. And and yeah, um, I'll come back to to this in a second. But I just want to sort of touch more on what you said before. So, you know, when I did come to Portugal, I I came early in the season, almost like uh, for training camp. And so, you know, we really started off that first season that I was there we started off sort of with that tempo right away here's the new expectation this is the new tempo the new pace of work um and 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 and, you know i got to meet everybody and that's also a very important part and that's how i prefer it the most you know to be there and so i have a chance to meet everybody because you know me i'm a yin and yang guy i'm the first guy to to yell and blast you you know when you make a mistake but when you do it right i'm the loudest guy to celebrate your your you know your accomplishment and so you know it it, i always prefer to come and to meet everyone because then when the corrections come on the huddle platform with me drawing circles and arrows on the platform and saying like what the hell are you doing here you're supposed to be here with arrows you know the guys aren't offended by it you know um guys understand they've met me they've had the chance yeah. i've joked the a relationship I, or a... yeah i've I've put my arm around them once before and said come on wake up like and so you know but but what so you know and back to sort of practice plans and stuff you know to this day the, the number one thing that that i see when i see um you know new teams that i'm helping is is the the tempo and the pace and the urgency and, and the understanding that um, you know uh, wasted reps are a bad, bad thing. They're the, the, you know they're counterproductive not only for time, but but bad habits are developed uh, in bad reps. And and so you know you know for me to make the same guy do the same tackling drill five times in a row. Um, and then of course you know when he gets it right again i'm the one that's like yeah like you know jumping and everyone clap don't you know, one two two claps and you know these are the things that that i find in my journeys in various cities in europe is you know the the the, the pace at practice the tempo at practice is flat and 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 players are, are are it's wasted reps they're they're not focused on their on their assignments and you know, they'll go through uh, an assignment half-hearted and kind of half-do it right. And then the coach, whoever it is, whether it's a, a national coach or an international coach, I've also seen, if you let if you let them get away with that, how are you going to build and improve? And I think that, you know, I, I remember, and I have to give you a compliment, you know, I, I came, and don't get me wrong, I mean, I, I know for sure, for sure, you were excited about me coming and so was Duarte. Um, But, you know, um, you didn't know me uh, and I was arriving there and I am passionate and opinionated and I have to give you lots of props. You know, you gave me lots of space and you absorbed, you watched, you learned. You didn't always say much, you know, when it came to to um, to, you know, how the tempo that I was sort of the way I was, you know, we were practicing and stuff. But uh, it was amazing to watch your transformation as a human being and as a head coach. I mean, I think. Uh, you grew exponentially, and not because of me you just grew because we always grow anytime we are we are faced with new experiences and new ways of doing and you were able to take the best of you and the best of your former uh, mentors and and, uh, you take the best of you the best of you know I know you had another I can't remember his name but you had another American head coach that was also influential in your career and you know the the best of of my, your time with me and with Craig and whoever and you know you 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 turned into a hell of a head coach, Marim. You really did. You you also developed your own style a little bit more on the friendship sort of side of things. You know when you when you flipped a switch and uh, you know the guys paid attention and and you know you you had that respect. So you know it was it was amazing to watch you even between year one and year two. And I think you and I um our friendship grew between year one and year two also and For sure, yeah. of course of course with Duarte. but but yeah you know it, it's it was an amazing it is an amazing journey every time you come into a place where you have these eager young uh, athletes that want to learn and that's why i just like it so much better when there are programs that want to learn because yeah. you know you can you can affect things so quickly when you get them focused on the tasks that they need to focus on and the techniques. And, you know, I don't want to name names, but I remember certain defensive backs, you know, who may or may not, who may or may not be under uh, five foot, five inches tall, uh, uh, who have, who have, I don't want to name any names, but you know who you are. And I love that. I love him too. But, you know, I remember the first few practices, you know, without, without having had the breakdown, you know, like, I have an expression, eh? And I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on this podcast or not. You can swear, you can swear. But I I, I have an expression, you know, uh, and I've said it for years. You remember me saying it like every, any asshole can have a whistle around his neck and, you know, uh, you know, and and this is what I say to anyone that is considering either building a new team in Portugal or wants to take their team either in Portugal or anywhere in Europe to, to the next level, you know, find yourself a coach that is a technical teacher. You know, it doesn't matter that he's a master in X offense or Y offense or X defense. It doesn't matter if he's a master in understanding the defense, but, you know, find, find someone that you have the confidence can, can break down movements in such a way that athletes can understand it and you know back to that defensive back you know i remember the first few practices the first year you know uh, not a shy, not a shyness or not being scared that's not the right word but a a, a hesitancy you know you know in tackling and stuff because they'd never been walked through it you know youtube video on a tackling drill it doesn't mean that you can that to somebody because you've watched the drill you know yeah so yeah I, I, I love the i love that first year and you know By halfway through that year and we got pumped the first game by the Crusaders, you know, it was embarrassing. They, they pumped us and they ran up the score on us, something that they would live to regret down the road. But, you know, but by the end of the season, if I remember correctly, I think our last five games, that defense had started to gel. And I think we only allowed about eight or 10 points a game on average for the last five games. So, you know the defense gelled quickly, and the offense, you know, under your your guidance, and you know you you um, provided some assistance to um, to a former coach that you know didn't stay uh, with the program very long after that. But you know it, it was great. And then by year two, you know, you bring in you know we brought in Joey and Colin and Malcolm as uh, as imports who then also bring an element of um, of stability and of 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 um you know of, of the ability to share their experience and and to to help out in coaching and you know, but on defense year two we you know we pretty well were just the the national guys, it was just the the Portuguese guys, and you know That's true yeah. yeah they had a fantastic defensive year, and it was a great experience for sure
0: no yeah you you talked about some things that for anyone that might think about like a coaching career. It's really important because it's not only about knowing the X and O's, knowing about the system, as you've mentioned. It's also about knowing how to make a team come together, about the mental side. These uh, these details that coach spoke about, creating like a, a bond with the players, making them aware that you're there, you're going to be their first, uh, the first person to say to them that they are doing the right stuff. But you are also going to be the one the first one to yell to them. So all of those aspects need to come together. Also with the planning, before you coming on board and and start started giving us inputs on that, you don't need to have a two hour practice going off speeds. It's better to have one hour, one hour and 30 minutes doing the right stuff at a good pace. So that was a change in our way of thinking uh, because before that we would run like two hours, two hours and a half practices slow paced, but no, a football game is a, a, a speed game. You, you have to go full speed and then rest, but full speed, when you're going full speed, you really need to go full speed. So those kinds of elements all needed to come together for us to, to develop a, as a team. So you were crucial for that in our second year as a team and your first one with, with, uh, with us. And um, regarding your other experience in, in Europe, how did you felt uh, like comparing your experience with the Devils uh, in, in Portugal, the foot, the kind of football that is played in foot in uh, in Portugal, with the, the 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 other one that is played in around Europe? Can you like create points of uh, like relationship or difference that you have identified?
1: It, it's funny because you know some of the stereotypes that that we all hear internationally are true. And it's, 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 it's lovely, you know, you, and, and and again, you know, uh, another tip that I have for any coach that's listening that might want to go is, you know, you know, spend some time learning about the culture and the people of the places that you're going to potentially go. But, you know, the, the, the Portuguese, um, athletes, you know, um, some of the nicest people I've ever met in my life are, are, are Portuguese and, you know, the, the Latin blood, you know, when, when, you know, um, so jovial and so, um, you know, good hearted most of the time, but then, you know, s- some kind of a play happens in the game or a cheap shot or something. And then to see like 60 guys lose their shit on the sideline, you know, but then, you know, I've, I've played in uh, coached in Germany, you know, and, and again, the stereotype is almost is almost ridiculously true in the sense that everything is just so more calculated and, 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 um, I don't know, it's not strict, but straight. And, you know, so it's, it's very different, you know, um, you know, in Norway, um, it, it was, it was, uh, you know, it was kind of, um, a little, you know, a little bit more like Germany, the players were very, um, you know very sincere and very kind and whatever but a little bit more straight laced you know a little bit more serious and um you know but you know in portugal it was very um i loved it i loved it the most because it, it you know it was really i'm a touchy feely guy you know and and i i like to run up and you know and, and and jump up and you know when a player's had a sack i'm animated so i i love to go up and have a a moment, an interaction with a player who's just had a sack and, to, you know, to bump or to high five or whatever. And so, yeah, it's been different, you know um, you know, each, each country brings different nuances to, to how the sideline feels, but, but uh, you know, I, I, I love, I love passion on the sidelines and, you know, um, I, I always also found that, that, you know, the teams that I coached that had more sort of touchy-feely vibes to it, they were the teams that also gelled the best together as a unit. They're the ones that were, uh, that bought into the culture the best, you know? And, you know, that's, you know, another tip for, for for head coaches, you know? You're not only there to provide the X's and O's and the techniques, but you're there to help build a culture. You know, you and Duarte um, and uh, and Pedro you know, you, you had, um, you had a vision, you know, you had a business plan almost, so to speak of, you know, year one goals, year two goals, year three goals. Um, and that's important, you know, the, uh, a club has to have that. And, um, you know, some of the, some of the, 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 the teams that I've coached for, they were more like, okay, well, you know, pay so-and-so to come here, pay coach Skinner, or, you know, not pay me a salary, but pay for my expenses to come. Um, It was like a business, but not in a good way. Like it was transactional. There wasn't the culture, there wasn't the culture being built. And so, you know, the, the places that had more success were the ones that were less transactional and more people actually buying into how it felt. And, And I, and I can tell you, and, and I know Joey said it in, in the podcast, uh, in his podcast, you know, I don't think, I think that coming to Portugal changed his life as a human being just because of the friendships and, and the connections that he made with those guys. And I mean, I feel the same, you know, yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't talk to, I don't talk to you guys every day, but I feel like I can still walk onto the field and have, and have, you know, Jardim, you know, give me the same shit eating grin, uh, and <laughs> walk up, walk up to me with his swagger, you know, like, uh, you know, these are the memories. These are the memories of coaching with with your team that that are the best. You know. For yeah,
0: me. and and you also and you also. Uh, um, I would also like to add one thing to this: was the creation of narratives, because that's something that we don't think about, but it's really important to create like a, um, a word, a sentence, a mojo that for the for the team to come together and uh, in that uh, year two with you, the third year of the Devils, was shock Portugal. shock Portugal, uh,
1: Portugal, yeah.
0: About creating yeah. Like a, something that can make the... And, and every professional sports team does the same. I, I remember the, the 49ers a couple of years ago was the quest for six. The, chief, the Chiefs, the Kansas City Chiefs last year, run it back. So this is something that is very important. Uh, and again, for everyone that is listening to us, creating a narrative about what you're building in your team like if you have a a defeat uh, during the season you can create something that can make the team come together um so that was something that you also added to us i'm not sure if you thought about it it was something, something that you did like with the thought process or not but i identify that not when you did it but afterwards you know
1: yeah. I, 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 it is something that I do consciously. You might remember the first year it was big players make big plays. Yeah. I mean, there's always a little something that, and that, that's not something I invented that, that is something that's been recycled by a million coaches, you know, about big players, but you know, it's, you know, it's just something, a rally cry, right. Something, something that the guys can, can say or, or do, or, you know, you post a, yeah, it, you know i use the facebook platform as part of the way that i communicate with uh you know posting some of my installation packages uh you know uh, on a chalkboard uh, filming myself and I, I posted on the team's defensive facebook group and so you know it was always there i would always end my posts with hashtag shock portugal you know because i i wanted the guys to believe that 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 defense that they would become killers and, uh, and they did. They literally, I mean, I remember games where watching, you know, 8, 10, 12 players from the opposite team, Braga or whoever, I shouldn't say specific teams, I'm sorry, but but I remember watching players like limp off the field like they had been beaten, you know, like physically beaten and, you know, give me your wallet, your shoes and your cell phone, now go home, you know, like... And, 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 you know, that's part of the culture, right? That's the important thing is, you know, believing in a cause and believing in, in, in each other. And when, when a team has that, be careful because they are, they're dangerous. Any given Sunday, that team can really do some great things. And that's, that's what you need to strive for when, when you're, you know, if you're starting a program you know, general managers, the presidents out there listening, that's what you need. Number one thing is a culture, develop a culture, get a mantra, get, fix your mojo, fix your tempo at practice, you know, no wasted reps. These are the things that, you know, get coaches who are teachers, not just guys holding a whistle. These are the things that will change your program fast, like dramatically fast
0: yeah this now that we're coming into the last quarter of the the podcast that was going to going to be my last question about like coaching tips that you'll provide like for for anyone but you've already mentioned most of the things that i mean when someone is trying to build a culture uh a (laughs) club needs to build a culture build uh like uh, processes when you say processes it seems like business thing but but it, I mean, I, I believe everyone is understanding, but is there any other thing that comes to your mind that it's really important when you're thinking about becoming a coach or about uh, deliver something to others? Because coaching is also deliver. You're delivering your time, delivering your your love for the game, for people, for creating something.
1: Is there anything else that comes to your mind that is really important what? to consider? Yeah, I mean, I kind of touched on it earlier, but I'm going to expand on it a little bit. So, you know, this is especially important for national coaches, you know, who, who may not themselves have started um, their journey in American football until they were in their mid-20s or later, right? Who knows? I mean, maybe they just, you know, they loved watching it on TV all of their life. Um, but it's different to, to love a sport and to be able to think that you can coach a sport. And here's the thing. So, you know, you've decided that, you know, one year ago, two years ago, or next year, you are now going to volunteer as a coach for X team in Portugal or wherever. And, and so, you know, you start to do your research, you start to watch videos, you start to join coaching network groups on Facebook, you start to figure out am i a 4-3 coach defensively or am i 3-4 coach you start to develop your own things and then you go on youtube and you start to watch your videos and you start to say okay here oh i like this drill and oh i like this drill and then you go to the field and you set up the pylons uh and you said you explain the drill to the guys and then they start to do the drill okay that's great but have you have you seized the essence and the, the teaching point in the drill? Anybody can just make you run backwards and then, you know, run sideways and then catch the ball and then do this or bend over and touch this cone or, but you have to understand and you have to try in your mind to process what is the actual on-field application of this drill And more importantly, if I see this on film, do I know what the corrections are to find? So much of of coaching is identifying the nuances of where a movement or an exercise or a drill or something, where was the mistake or where can there be an improvement? Like I said, I mean, you just run through a drill, you run through the drill, you think you did it like the guys on YouTube did it. But I mean, do you really know why you're doing that drill? And, and most importantly, can you, can you find the, the teaching point in that? And then the most important, can you, can you find and stop a drill at that moment? Whoa, whoa, whoa stop, stop. Okay. Every, you know, and you, you remember me when I line guys up to do a drill. No wasted reps. That also meant when we were working, we're working. So shut up. Every, all eyes are on the drill you know, when you finished and you went to the back of the line, that guy wasn't at the back of the line talking about the movie. He's going to the, to watch that night with his girlfriend, he's expected to turn and face and watch the next guy, because when a correction is being made on that guy, he needs to see that correction. So that in six more turns, when it's his turn, he doesn't make that mistake. Right? So have you, are you able to stop a drill or make a guy do it again And be able to coach him through that small nuance. And and that really is, is, you know, where I encourage all coaches, you know, try to really develop that part of your coaching skill set because that is the difference maker really between you being able to excel at, at, um, and, you know, 50 drills is not necessary. You need to have five drills and make sure that they're done exactly perfectly right. And that those movements become robotic and, and that's where your success as a, as a young coach, you know, will come. I mean, Felix is a great example of that. You know, he, this is a guy with so much football knowledge. When I, I remember coming to him the first meeting him the first time so much, such an eager young coach, you know, he was a player. He watched it on TV, followed the NFL, but, you know, and I remember him also just like a sponge, just listening. And then, you know, in the second year um, in the second year, when he basically was the on-site defensive coordinator, right. I mean, he was sort of my right-hand man. He was the guy that was there. And, you know, he, he ran that season when I wasn't there, He, he was exceptional because he had, grasp the understanding that it's the it's the minutiae that's the most important so find that find in everything you do find the three most important little things that you're trying to teach in whether, whether it's the offensive line whether it's doesn't matter whether it's not always just defense but you need to be able to to identify the nuances and teach them properly
0: yeah no that that is a, a, an awesome tip for anyone that is listening focusing on the not the little things but in the the important uh miscues not
1: miscues i'm, I'm not using yeah. the right words it's miscues yeah, not, not sure yeah no no you're right yeah there are little things that can and then you know the one guy does it wrong then the next guy comes up and does it wrong and then the third guy now now your drill is useless yeah. now yeah now exactly. the whole drill you may as well have not even done the drill
0: yeah right i i remember i remember that i would never do something like stopping a practice if i felt that things weren't going so well but after learning from you sometimes it's better just stop the practice if for some reason things are not going and it's a a macro scenario stop the practice. We'll, we'll come back tomorrow or the next day yeah. and start over uh sometimes and that happened a couple of times so um, but yeah, in focusing on the little things uh, and those coaching tips, coaching points are like fundamental. Uh, I, I 100% agree. Um, I mean, coach, this was a, an amazing conversation. I, I believe uh, anyone out there that, that can listen to this will learn a lot. Not only the, the process that the both of us went through in with the, with the Devils in Portugal, but your experience internationally. And also can take a little bit of this and apply it in their, I don't know, coaching career that they, they are thinking, or even in their personal life, because those these are things that you can apply also in your personal life. So a- anyone that is listening, I hope this was a, a good a good conversation and uh, you can take something from, from that. Coach, thank you very much once again. Do you have any plans for the future in terms of coaching? Uh, am
1: I? I am allowed to to ask you this? Or oh yeah, you know yeah. me. Uh, right now, I'm helping a, a young team in Serbia, and yeah. um, and because of COVID, I haven't been able to travel over there. But um, you know, I, I have a young a young player uh, who plays middle linebacker for me, and he's he's just like Felix. He he wants to learn and he asks questions and he's he's impassioned and he's very dedicated and, and the team is young and they make a lot of mistakes and, yeah, you know, I'm trying to, uh, you know, I'm trying to build them, um, you know, from the beginning. So they've played two games in their national league and they, they won both uh, handily and um, the defense is playing better. And, uh, and so for me, you know, I'm I'm retiring in two years and, you know, I think that the plan will be maybe to, uh, to go and coach, a few seasons, one or two, not too many, um, full time, you know, to go and live somewhere for five, six months and to be in the culture and living in the city. Um, but for now, I'm going to continue to offer myself, um, you know, as a consultant or as a guest coach or for camps. And, you know, I, I welcome anybody out there um, who wants uh, advice. I'm not saying hit me up if you want me to come coach for you. I mean, sure, do that also. But it, I mean, if you're a young coach and and you want to just talk to me about my experiences, hit me up. Find me on uh, on Facebook or find me on Europlayers. And you know, I, I love to help. I love to talk about football, and I love to see programs that are uh, young and not doing well. I love to to be part of that building process with young or or startup you know teams. So find me and, and, and you know I'm there for everyone. Thank you coach. thank you very much from Canada to Portugal to
0: Germany to Norway Serbia you've been a little bit on every every country all around the world. Let's see where the where the future takes you. Uh, maybe we'll, we'll cross paths again in the future we never know. that's the beauty of it. so thank you very much once again coach and uh, thank you to everyone that is listening. We are going to now stop the podcast for two weeks, okay? So until the end of June, there is not going to be any new episodes. But on the 1st of July, we start at 32 days, 32 teams, previewing the, the NFL season for every team, their movements during the offseason, the draft, and so on. And eventually, in August, the season starts, and we'll provide some insights about what comes next for sobre futebol americano. Thank you everyone, um grande abraço e obrigado.